It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. It is Thursday. It is time for another edition of Silver and Black today. Scott Branson, Mo Moten with you. We are here to talk about Raiders football, and there's just a few things to talk about coming just a day and a half after final cuts. The Raiders catch a break. We're going to talk about that. But, of course, my partner, Mo Moten, is here. And, Mo, we have a, a lot to get to. We're going to get into some sensitive subjects, too, when it comes to Darren Waller. From my end, we'll talk about that. But first, my friend, we want to start – with some good news with the Raiders around the Alex Leatherwood release. People still, some people still struggling with it. Even you said, hey, maybe they cut him off too early. If they would have moved him to guard, they might have been able to salvage something out of that draft pick. Instead, they release him and ride on Chicago Bears, picks him up, will save the Raiders basically $6 million off that 11.8 that they were on the hook for, 11.9. Uh, and so that's a break for the Raiders. They recoup some of that cash, and Alex Leatherwood gets the fresh start I think he deserves. Yeah, and Tashawn Reed, the athletic, brought up a good point. I, I think it's possible that the Raiders knew that someone would claim him and they would get off the hook for some of that money because he is a former first-round pick. He is a former 2020 Island Trophy winner, one of the top linemen in the nation a couple of years ago. So why wouldn't a team that needs an offensive lineman roll the dice on him? He he has experience at left tackle, played a little bit right tackle, played a little bit of right guard. So that he's an asset for a team that can coach him up and get him to be a serviceable starter. And I still think he could be a serviceable guard in this league. I tweeted out Bears fans move out, not fans, but I hope the front office, if they're going to use Leatherwood, move him to guard. And a lot of the fans agreed um tevin jenkins also over there who was intended to be a tackle has moved to guard so it'd be pretty interesting to see possibly tevin jenkins and alex leatherwood starting at guard in chicago being that they were both coming in as coming in as tackles and had the transition to guard because they had some rough rookie years yes absolutely and uh again listen he's a young dude and i know raider fans were not happy and it's another gruden draft pick i know my good friend xavier huerta on Twitter arguing with me that I shouldn't that he gives the the, the Gruden regime a C plus on drafts because of Renfro and Morig and uh, who am I forgetting? It's been a long day. Oh, <laughs> Max, Hobbs, Crosby. Uh, Max Crosby Max and Crosby. Hobbs. So and, and again, good players. But uh, but all of this and the Leatherwood was just a kind of bow on top. All of this, it, I'm sorry, you cannot. It's not that he didn't draft some good players. Okay. But when you miss on that many number ones and number twos and number threes, it, you you have to earn an F. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Uh, but back to the Leatherwood thing, I want to talk uh, about that because Josh McDaniel spoke to the media yesterday on Wednesday. 
and I'm not going to play the clip. I didn't want to, in fact, well, to be frank, I didn't have the time to get it today, but I'm going to talk about <laughs> what McDaniel said, Mo, and I want, I want to get your comments. I don't know if you, I think you watched the press conference, but McDaniels, when they asked about Leatherwood and about contemplating letting him go, here's what McDaniel said. We talked about competition since we came here in every position group, trying to give every player an opportunity to earn his job and earn his role, whatever that role may be, some bigger than others. We felt like we did that. We gave everybody an opportunity to go out there and play and really perform. There's a lot of tough decisions that we make across the roster. So, And then he finished with, I wish Alex Leatherwood nothing but the best. He did everything he could here to try to earn his role here. Like I said, I wish him the best. Basically, they said, you're not good enough. So, so to me... This is a huge step forward for this Raiders franchise, Mo, because what they came in and said was, I don't care who you are, you're competing for your job. Oh, and then by the way, McDaniels also on Wednesday said, you're still competing throughout the year. It never ends. It's endless competition. Talk about that difference between the kind of up and down emotional weirdness of a John Gruden. Right. I dropped an article or column on Bleach Report yesterday, Wednesday, and I talked about this. It wasn't about when a, how a player got on the team, whether he was a first-round pick or a rookie undrafted free agent. You were in competition if your spot wasn't secure. Unless your name is Derek Carr, Devonta Adams, or Hunter Renfro, or Max Crosby, or Chandler Jones, you were competing for a spot. And it was it was truly an open competition because you hear a lot of coaches during the offseason give this spiel about, yeah, fit, best 53 men on a roster will make it, yada, yada, yada. And it turns out this guy who, who performs poorly makes it because mm -hmm. they drafted him early or they paid him a lot of money. And that wasn't the case with Ziegler and Dan McDaniels and how they handled things. And you saw it on the field. As we pointed out in the last show, four undrafted free agents, four rookie undrafted free agents made the roster. Uh, Mumford has a shot to be the starting right tackle. I'm sure we're going to talk about that later on. Yep. But they evaluated this roster objectively. And as you said, outside the way, even though he tried to put in the work, just wasn't good enough. Yeah. And, 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 and McDaniels, I'm glad you talked about that. The, the four free agents who made the roster, because he said something very significant and this is philosophical Raider nation. You have to remember everything this franchise does from now on, this is the lens. So as a fan, I know it's different because you're a fan, you have emotion tied to it, not the business side of it, but you have to look at it through this lens. And this is what he said. He said, sometimes you say it and maybe people hear it and let it go out the other ear, but it's really not about how you got here. It's about what you do when you get here. Mo, again, you, you mentioned that same theme in your piece today and or on Wednesday. And, and so to me, this is the lens. It doesn't matter if you're a first rounder or an undrafted free agent. If you work your ass off and you play well and execute, you have a place in Josh McDaniel's world. Yeah. And I'll go back again to the press conference, his introductory press conference with Mark Davis and Mark Davis was talking about what he liked about Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler, where they come from in that Patriots regime is They'll get a guy who's from Buffalo, from Missouri Western State, and he turns out to be a starter after not being drafted and makes a contribution. And that's how you get seventh rounders in your starting lineup. That's how you get rookie undrafted free agents to contribute. When you have truly an open competition and you say the best guy wins the job. 
And I think that's going to work out in the Raiders' favor where the last regime, they had a bunch of first-round picks. A lot of them didn't pan out for a variety of reasons. But now this this regime is saying, okay, look, we didn't, we didn't have a first and second-round pick, but you know what? We got a seventh-rounder who can start. And again, Mumford. We have Dylan Parman in the third round who could, who could possibly earn a starting role down the line. Uh, so they're not depending on premium picks and high-profile players. I know they, they acquired Devontae Adams. I know they, they signed Chandler Jones. But there are guys like J.R. Brown who undersold, may be a big contributor on this yeah. football team. Or who knows, Deron Harm as third safety may be a contributor on this football team. Rocky Sin, who's had his ups and downs with the Colts, may be a solid starter. So you're not completely dependent on your premium resources, but you're saying, look, best guy wins the, wins the spot, and whoever it is, whether it's a seventh-rounder or a first-rounder, will go with the best player, and that's usually what wins football games. Absolutely, and it's not a surprise based upon what we saw in New England, right? And I know we, we try not to – we're not calling it Patriots West. We're not calling it the Patriot way, blah, blah, blah. But it is a philosophy that worked for that franchise. And this exactly what we're seeing modified for their own personalities and kind of their own, uh, I think, way and path. But certainly it's the same. Another story clearly coming out of, of Tuesday's cuts, Mo, was the trade of Trayvon Mullen. McDaniels addressed that. And you know what he said? He basically said Sam Webb beat him out is what he said. Because he said, we are here to pick the best guys that we think give us the chance to win. And he mentioned Sam Webb in the question about Trayvon Mullen. So there you go. I think with player acquisition on the Raiders moving forward with these guys in charge, you will have. You you keep mentioning Southern, Western, Mississippi, Missouri State, whatever. Um, <laughs> and, and it's true, though. They will find talent. And this is very refreshing to me because it's not old school, right? It is something that's worked. It is about finding talent, and you can go get it. You just have to have the right people in the building. And I have to tell you, the Raiders have to go win on the field, Mr. Moten. But at the same time, so far, they're winning the game off the field because they have increased the value of this team on the field through smart player acquisition and a really smart a front office that is finding gems and finding guys who can do the job while managing the payroll and doing everything you need to do to win in the NFL. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to go back to a story that Bill Polian has told multiple times. I know people are angry about, about Bill Polian and what he said about Lamar Jackson, but he had a really good story as a GM of former GM of the Colts. And he said that they drafted a guy early. I believe it was in the second round. And by the second week of camp, they realized this guy is not going to make it. And they had to move on from him within a year. And I'm sure that stung for the front office, but it was the best thing to do because they realized it right away. They realized the mistake right away and they moved on. Now it's a little different with McDaniels because they got rid of a lot of the Gruden Mayock guys, but it still applies here because you're realizing this player isn't fit for our system. He's not going to make it. We got to cut ties. And that's basically what happened in Leatherwood. So then it opens spots for, and I'm going to mention his name for the third time, guys like Mumford, even Jermaine Illuminar, who's 
previously a journeyman offensive lineman, getting his preparation and his his diet straight, his body right. Now he's going to probably be your starting right tackle. Gives him opportunity. Deshaun Bauer allows guys like that to make an impact on the outside mm-hmm. that you're not holding on to certain players and veterans. So Deshaun Bauer has been a journeyman as well. And he lit up the preseason. And I think he's going to make a contribution this year. And people are like, where did they get this guy from? But you got to remember, a successful football team, a winning football team, has a mixture of premium players you get with your first-round picks or spend a lot of money on or extend, and guys who are super-duper hungry, guys who didn't get drafted, got picked in the seventh round, been cut multiple times, had time on the practice squad. Those guys want to make an impression. They want to make the best of their career, and they're going to give you their best on the football field. And, and I go back, and I know Raider fans hate it, but you just have to go back to previous stops. You have to go where Josh McDaniels was. You look at Wes Welker. You look at Julian Edelman. Much more in the size range of a Hunter Renfro, right? These are not guys that are first and second round draft picks. These are guys that are, are hungry, to your point. I think that's why I picked up on that, because you said hungry. These are guys who will give everything to succeed and they have a certain work ethic. And I'm not, I'm not disparaging anybody's work ethic. A guy like Kenyon Drake has a great work ethic. He didn't fit the mold, so they let him go. So, so that's an example of a guy who's not, not that he's lollygagging. It's just they have a certain person that they want, right? And they're going to go get that pe- that person, to, to your point. Um, and, and to me, this, this really is and should make Raider Nation feel good. Whether or not you like the guy that they cut or you don't like a guy that they kept – um, you have to kind of go with it until it works or doesn't work. And, and we will find out, obviously, as, as they get on the field. But let's talk about Munford. That, to me, is, is you talk about finding somebody and, and evaluating talent where somebody, somebody sees something in a player. And you go, you're talking seventh round? I mean, Mo, seventh round, and you cut a first rounder for him, basically. Um, talk about what he did and 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 just the, the 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 gravity of being able to find a guy who could end up starting at right guard for the Raiders after being a seventh round pick. Well, I will say to start this response is to say I want Raider fans to forget draft labels. And but what I mean by that is Good saying point. forget this guy was picked fourth overall. This guy was in the second round. This guy was in the third round. This guy was in the seventh round. Just look at the talent. Look at the performance. Look at the production. Because that's what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler are doing. They're not worried about, again, where a guy was drafted. So forget that Cleveland Farrell was picked fourth overall. Forget Mumford was in the seventh <laughs> round. Forget Alex Edward was picked in the first round, 17th overall. Best guy on the field. And to, your, to answer your question, Mumford clearly, now he only had one preseason game, and I said he did a good job there. But he clearly, on the practice field, impressed that coaching staff and I'm going to go back to a response that I had on, to someone on YouTube saying, you know, what is why is this player on the roster? Why is this player not making the roster? And I told him, basically, a lot of things we don't see at practice. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of the, the momentum behind Mumford being the eventual starter at right tackle are things that he showed to that staff on the practice field that we don't see. So when you hear Albert Breer and Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport, whoever saying, Mumford could be your eventual starter. There's a reason for that. And he's obviously showed out when he got the chance to get first team reps. Cause I believe after Brandon Parker got hurt 
it was Mumford who was next in line to get those first team reps because Alex Leatherwood wasn't the guy who was still getting second and third team reps before Jermaine Illuminar stepped in after Mumford got hurt. But for right now, it's going to be the Jermaine Illuminar, Thayer Mumford show at right tackle. So I actually feel, I don't want to say super confident, but I feel good about that combo because Jermaine Illuminar has played the position. And I think he's mm-hmm. ready to be that stopgap guy. And maybe he does well enough where he gets a bigger contract elsewhere next year. He knows that in the back of his head, this could be his last chance to be a starter. I think he's going to be solid there for one year. But then it gives time for Mumford to develop behind the scenes so that if he's ready to take over in 2023, now you don't have to spend a first round pick at that position. You can use it elsewhere. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. And and, and I, I still have not ruled out a move for a veteran. I think you should get a veteran for depth. I mean, that, that to me... Uh, and, and if it's somebody who can jump in and start fine, and then you let the younger player uh, groom behind them, which is nothing wrong with that, especially on the offensive line. Uh, but we'll sh- we'll see. Okay, we're up against our first break. And we're going to come back. We're going to talk. Not only did Munford get back to practice on uh, Wednesday, but a one number 83. Darren Waller was back. We're going to talk about that. He's got a new agent. And what does that agent matter? What does that mean? And why would somebody people be concerned about the agent he selected and the opportunity to cut a deal. Well, we'll talk about that when we come back here. You're with Mo and Scott on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back.